No effects. Are you talking? Yes, I am talking. Well, that seems like it's recording, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, will you leave that in? Will I leave it all plugged in? No, what I what you just said, where you were like, oh, it seems like it's recording. Yeah. I don't know. Because that's what you guys used to do on Tofar. Is just leave shit in? Yeah, you leave stuff in a little bit. Uh, Charlie used to edit it, so... And I didn't listen. Did he edit? Did you guys edit stuff out? Um... He said that he would edit when we were obviously sort of drinking or ah, smoking. Actually, you know what? That's a just actually reminds me. I'm going to pause this for a, a second. <laughs> <laughs> the following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. <laughs> The father of the holy toast. Hello and welcome. Ah, yep, that's working. There it is. <laughs> he says that's the confidence start you need. Hello and welcome to Fofop. Uh, I'm Will Anderson and our guest Charlie Clawson uh, today for the second week in a row is uh, none other than Dave Anthony. Welcome back, Dave. Hello. It's the same record. Hello. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's still working. I'm basically going to record this entire podcast while the... The you, microphones are plugged in and working. You could maybe never turn off your computer again. I could just leave it. And just leave it. And everyone has to do the podcast here. <laughs> we'll have to live at the standard in LA. Yeah. If we get some sort of sponsorship, I don't think that's going to happen because when I asked them for a table to record on, they wouldn't give me that. Yeah. So I went to a shop and bought some. You know what we should do? Do you know what I paid for this for what? you to be here today? $180. For what? This stool. $180 it cost me. What? Well, where did you go to get it? It's, near, it's, nearby, Dave. It's not for me. That's where, that's where I went, nearby. <laughs> Do you know what it cost that? Because it was nearby. Yeah, this and is I not a great place to buy furniture. <laughs> <laughs> to impulse buy furniture. Based oh, you on, went down to West Elm or uh, yeah, CB? CB, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought it from that Chris Rock movie, CB4. <laughs> <laughs> And now a shop. It's great that that movie's now selling furniture. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, uh, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, the second episode. We didn't really I've get moved. You have moved. You're in a beanbag now. In a beanbag. Yeah. So Dave sounds more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm drinking a beer. So this one's going to be a little more crazy and no. uh, a little more pants off. Yeah, a little more pants off. Uh, we've recorded some bonus episodes already, Dave. Yeah? Um, because originally I was going to record the first episode of this uh, with Justin Hamilton. Uh-huh. My friend Justin, who's been on the podcast before. Yes. Uh, because the whole idea of uh, Fofop was, uh, it was funny that when Charlie and I, and we can reveal what he's doing now, he's on an Australian TV show called Home and Away. Is it on the air now? It's on the air now. So he's actually on television. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's... I, by the time this guy's there, probably, I think he's on TV. Uh-huh. But I know that during the tennis, the biggest event in Australia over the summer, uh-huh. apart from not being burned to death by bushfires. Uh, the tennis was delayed by the fires. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and I say that with all due respect because I know that people have lost their their homes and stuff, and people have lost their lives in the bushfires. My parents, right down near where they live, the bushfires are right in that area, really? and a guy lost his house. And Jesus. Yeah, our parents were worried about some of the animals and stuff like that. Wow. So it was proper. Yeah. But they always find something on the news, like in those moments, where there's just some great old Australian nana who's lived in the bush through like a hundred fires right and I saw so I'm googling to try to find information on my parents and you know how bad the fires are around there and it's like one of those maps where like you know this is the dangerous bushfire area and it's essentially everywhere that I wish had been set on fire when I was a child growing up in that area there's part of me that's like if my life had gone a different direction if I was the Joker this Uh would literally be my plan well they are calling it the Will Anderson fire yeah, that's why I'm out of the country. Conveniently. <laughs> Conveniently. Eventually, when they find out you're doing it with your mind, it's going to yeah. be horrible. So I'm on, on there Googling, and they had, like, footage where they were interviewing various people about how close the you know, fires had been to their house. Yeah. And they'd left this bit in, and I was so glad they had, because it was one of those things where I can imagine in a newsroom conversation, somebody would have said, ah, oh, it's disrespectful. But the truth is that even in great moments of tragedy... They, yeah. It's not disrespectful to the entire tragedy to go, right. oh, there was a funny moment. Yeah, right? No, not at all. So there's this old nana. She's sitting on her porch and she's talking about how, you know, her house luckily had been saved by the fires. Uh-huh. And then she's just barreled the camera and gone, although I wouldn't have minded if it burnt down. I mean, it's insured. Right? I could have got a new house. <laughs> and I was like, some people are just, some people are cup half full. Sort of a, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. That's like... That's amazing. Nan's decided this is her moment to try that at a tight yeah. five. Yeah. She's got some edgy bushfire shit. It's like, I don't mind. I have a new car right now because someone barreled into me. I mean, there's positives. Right? Yeah. I don't have a car at all because mine got stolen. You still haven't replaced it? No. Because you're too upset? I am. Because you feel like you'll be cheating on your old car? That's what I feel like. Really? feels like my wife died. My wife was stolen from that, me. I got it. Man. While I, I was away, you, I saw you tweet that your car had been stolen. I was like, oh, all right. And then I looked at it. and I went, oh shit. Yeah. That that is that. You know where that car is right now? Tokyo, loving the roads. <laughs> <laughs> that car's drifting. <laughs> Someone, someone's your car. That's the thing. Uh, Think about it this way: your car is living a very exciting a, life, amazing yeah. life right now in Tokyo. Yeah. It's owned by a Japanese gangster. Yeah. It's just having a great time. Does that the, help? It does actually. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing was, I was like, it doesn't help. But there was a part of me that was like, if that's actually what's happening to my car, I'm kind of happy about that. If they steal a car like that, they've targeted it. You yeah. take it from your home, right? No, it was taken from my friend's home, but they say they targeted them. Okay, yeah. Because we were talking to the cops, which, by the way, if you want to continue having respect for police, and I was raised in a way where I was taught to be respectful of police, right? I was not. Right. But I, w- <laughs> I was taught that. Yeah. And even though in my life there have been times where I've been probably disrespectful of laws or thought that someone was being sure. unnecessarily enforceful or something that they shouldn't have been. You were just disrespectful of laws out on the balcony. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's medicine, Doug. It's medicine. I was disrespectful of Australian laws, but LA laws I was quite respectful of. Uh, anyway, so I um, I was always quite respectful until you get your car stolen, and then they just don't want to help you in any way, right. and it just makes you hate all police. They just don't want to deal with it. Because when you see... Like, I mean, it wasn't... Here's the thing. I just wanted them to care a little bit about the fact that I had had something that was worth money, yeah. and someone just took it. 
Because it feels it like just worth money. That's a, that's a sentimental. I understand what you mean, but no, I want to take that out of it for a minute. Okay. I'll get to the sentiment yeah. because the sentiment's actually why I'm upset. Yeah. The the value, it's just money at the end of the day, right? Right. So if it was a pile of money, right? But even just take it on that. If it was just a pile of money, yeah. Right. If you had a big pile of money, uh-huh. like a car shaped pile of money in your house, yes. And someone came into your house, and they took that money away, you would expect that there would be some way that you could at least complain to someone about that and they, they would, would go, oh, that's not ah, right. no, that's we'll, we'll look into that. Yeah. At least they will look into that. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. What? Just someone should say, oh, no, that shouldn't happen. The I, way that we've organised a society is that you're allowed to have a car so, and other people are meant to respect oh, that it's yours and so, you can keep it. <laughs> did the police say something like, you said, like, my car's been stolen and they went, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was that sympathetic. It was Did any of It was go? literally like no, I literally at one stage I think a guy said to me and I am paraphrasing, but it was something pretty similar to this. I said they've stolen my car, what do I do? And the dude goes, You have to get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is. I guess guess that is. And I haven't, so fuck you, man. So now you're paying me back. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I can tell you what happened. They targeted that car because it was a collector. Yeah. And and that thing went straight to the port, straight into a box, and straight to another country. Right. So this is what they tell me happens. Because I did ask those sort of questions. I said, do you think that we should be asking people in the neighborhood where it was stolen from? Because I said it's very noisy to start because it was an old car, uh-huh. and it was it was a vintage car, and look, it was insured for what it cost me, but then I'd spent about what it cost me also on right. fixing it up over because it had just been. I'm not a big person for possessions. Uh-huh. Like I've never really been a guy buying myself too much stuff. I'm always on the road and whatever. Right. But I thought, you know, I'm going to get myself a nice car, and it wasn't that expensive to buy. But like I'd spent a lot of money on it, and over years I'm just getting it right, fiddling around with it. Yeah. You know, like I loved it. It was fun. So. Um, I, 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 it got stolen while uh, we were up north at uh, Amy's granddad's funeral. Okay. And we'd lent it to our friend Charlotte so that she could feed the cats, right? Great time. So- <laughs> By the way, criminals, great great time. I don't think it makes it any better or worse whether it was a good week or a bad week for me, to be honest. But Well, you should be able to put a sign in your car that says, go yeah, to a funeral. Bad week, don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those baby on board things, but yes. much more niche. <laughs> Seriously, man. Not this one. Seriously. I got a lot of stuff going on. I get it, man. You've got your own shit. I've got my own shit. But this week, yeah, yeah. And then the and then the criminal sees it and he goes, "All right, there's yeah. a code. There's a code. There's a code." It's no, like, hey, Jimmy, this guy's bummed out. Yeah. It's a death. <laughs> a relative of some kind. I'm thinking yeah. a grandfather. Yeah. It's like those hobo scratchings. Hobo scratchings? Do you not know about hobo scratchings? No. So when there's an area where hobos are, they'll have scratchings on the wall. Um, oh, hobo, oh yeah, that, that was big in the in the uh, Great Depression here. Yeah, right. Telling people like go past this. Yeah, totally here, right. Bad. Yeah, or you get you'll get killed here, or like yeah. this is a safe area, yeah. or like. Well, in, in New York, people put signs in their cars: "Nothing in the car. Don't bother breaking in." Yeah, right. Kind of stuff. People break in, steal that sign. <laughs> I didn't take that. So, um, I uh, we were away at the funeral. And you know what? In some ways, having it stolen uh, from someone else was good. Really? Yeah. Because 
there was a part of me that knew that I had to be cool about it for because that person felt my so friend, bad. right? Yeah, because nothing she could have done. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her fault in any way, right? right? So, but I knew that ha- however upset I was was going to be magnifying like how upset she would be. Right. So I knew that at least when she was around, I had to be cool about it and I had to be just like, no, nah, let's just work out, you know, what happened and right. follow it through. So I think that actually in turn made me cooler, you know, about uh-huh. that. Yeah. Because I had to be cool for her. But fuck, man. Like the police, they just, man. Yeah. Man. Wow. They see so much shit like this. Yeah. That they just, they turned it off. They but it just realized, but it just makes me think, you could do anything. And they wouldn't care. No, they would Just wouldn't. go into someone's house and so take their stuff. What, the, what there should be. Just go in. The what police the, don't care. This is what Just go and take someone else's stuff. This is what there should be. They take should, little stuff all the time. They, they're not going to investigate that. Are there two cops? Yeah, sure. But there should be a third. Yeah. Called the hugger. <laughs> And that cop is employed, and all that cop does is just go, "Come here, man. Come here, man. I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. This shouldn't happen. This shouldn't have happened to you. We're gonna try. What sort our, of society do we live in? We will try our best. Oh, look at that car. That's a beauty. That is a beauty. All right, let's do. I'll make some let's calls. Do another hug. Let's do it. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna make some calls. I'm make some calls. Jesus. I'll ring you back in a week as well, just to let you know how let's we're see going. How you're doing? Yeah, right. Check in. But if that, I know that you're joking, <laughs> but that is a really good idea. That is a really good idea. Like, don't you think? Yeah. Like, there's no way. And this is the thing they always talk about when it comes to law and order. There's, oh, there's no way that we'll, we can spend enough money to outgun the criminals, right? They're always going to yeah. be ahead of us, right? Right. But here's what you can do. Just make f- people feel a bit better about getting, getting fucked up. People, like, if it's going to happen, yeah. like, you have to, like, you have to put some people on. And, you know, here's the thing. They don't have to be trained in police work. They have to be just... All they have they to, to be trained in being a person. In being a person. Because they untrain themselves yeah. from being a person. So you let the other two who are trained in, untrained in being a person, who are, yeah. they do theirs, yeah. and then you send in this person, and they act like a human being. <laughs> right? But that's their job. When I was in college, we were so four roommates in this apartment. We got broken into one night. And the person took, like, CDs and, like, a motorcycle helmet. Just, like, shit you could grab. Yeah. But it was a lot of stuff. And uh, and we called the cops. And the cops came and took a report. And we're the same way, you know. You know, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, cop shows up. Do you recognize this guy? No, I don't recognize that guy. And then he pulls me aside and he goes... Say you recognize the guy. <laughs> so you just say, here, just sign this form, say you recognize the guy, and I want you to and I want you to I'm gonna write up the report that you saw him looking in the window and checking stuff out. And then you're gonna sign it. Because they already had all the stuff. Like the yeah. guy had all the stuff at the house. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> and he looked at me like I was the dumbest asshole in the face of the earth, and I was like, I can't. And the guy gave us the stuff back and then but I was like, I can't. You can't lie. I just can't do that. Can't it's finger too... this guy. You don't know. Because on the other end, what from the guy on the other end one time, right? and the cops like, yeah, no, just, just figure, figure this, this one. Look at this guy. Look at, Look at this fellow's head. Yeah, and the, co- but the, <laughs> cop, the cop could have been more disgusted with me. Could not have been. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, they were no help. Absolutely no help, but they so, did tell so me. So, do you think they even looked for it, or do you think they just went not through at the all. database? They did not look for it in any way. 
Because they because they probably dealt with it before and they figured it's already right. all broken into pieces yeah. or it's in a crate right off somewhere. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, no, we'll give it, we'll find it for you if someone finds your car and rings us and right. says there's and a car on the side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> Hey, there's something on fire down the road. Do you think this belongs to anyone? Hang on, we did have someone on the phone. Maybe that guy. Right, but they said what happens is, because this is what I asked them, because it was an old car, and as such, it had a couple of things. Like, for example, the um, it only had uh, belt seat belts, like mm-hmm. it didn't have over the shoulders, right. um, and it had no headrests. So oh, right. if I was ever in a tail ender of any kind, I was going to die. My head would snap off. Half. It was literally a... And there's no airbags. It was a beautiful coffin. Yeah. Beautiful coffin yeah. that I was going to be headless. And I would say, having been in a head-on recently, yeah. you want all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would be dead. I would yeah. not be here. Could you could you take an old car like that and put the shoulder straps in? Could you get them put in? Well, I guess so. They'd put the steering wheel on the other side of the car. Oh. I figure, if, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, I figure if they can work that out, yeah. then they should be good with headrests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for God's sake, it's a good thing you never did that. Well, then the other thing was that they um, it it always took me like three goes to get it started, and yeah. often you would have to like let it rest and go yeah. again. Well, and so there was, this sounds like a great car to have. <laughs> <laughs> so there was part of me that was like, well, someone would have heard him trying to start trying it. to start it, right? Yeah. Because this is someone who's unfamiliar with the car as well. I used to get it started pretty well because I knew you the knew car. Do, but yeah. they don't know the car. Yeah. Someone's heard them trying to you know, get this car started. Yeah. But apparently they don't even do that. They have a tow truck and they just uh, pull up on the tow truck and they load it up on the back of the tow truck and they drive off. So no Seriously? One, yeah. So no one hears you trying to start a car or like drive a car and away. they do it in the middle of the night? They do it in the middle of the night and they're just gone. So, um... Wow. Yeah. So that's what happened, they reckon. And like you said, they get spray-painted. And they don't even necessarily go international. They just say they're going to state because people buy them on eBay and stuff these days and mm-hmm. the VIN numbers are so old and all those sort of things yeah. that, like, no one cares. Well, I know there's a big here. There's a big ragger for stealing cars and then shipping them somewhere else. Yeah. But it's so weird. Like, I mean, I know this is not the biggest thing in the world to happen to someone. Like, But it's so, so weird to walk out in the front of your house and get a taxi and realize the only reason you have to do that is because you had a car and someone took it. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, not like, it's not like my life was so badly organized that I didn't earn enough money or get around to buying a right. car. Yeah. Like a human being, yeah. and this is not to judge people who don't drive, but sure. like an adult human being, one of the very few things I was proud of was I had managed somehow to both buy a house and a car. Yeah. Things that you can just like look at someone and go... Like I'm not saying that if you don't have those things, you don't have your shit together. Right. But right, if you look at those things, you go, well, at least they've pulled some shit they've together. They've done something. Something. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I know. And then someone just took it. Yeah. I'm looking at my house going, is someone going to take my house? No, okay, but think about this. In the old days, you would have your cart and your hut and a, a boat would pull up. Yeah. And guys would come and they'd take your cart and they'd set your house on fire. Yeah. And then they leave. So... What I'm saying is things have gotten better, and now they just pull up in a tow truck and take your car. Yeah, but it depends how you feel about rape and blankets. <laughs> Show me. I'm just trying to put everything in perspective in ah, a way that seems callous and doesn't make you feel better. I understand that people have it harder. 
Yeah. I try to understand that all the but time. But that doesn't make it... But it doesn't mean that it's not shitty for me. No, of course not. It's something you liked. The dude who stole it might have it harder. Like, his life has become one where he has to steal cars for a living, right? Good. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I he hope, might hope, have hope a... He does have it harder. But maybe, like... He maybe, has, he, maybe he also lives in a mansion down the street. He might. He lives on the big I mean, he has a fucking hill. tow truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have a tow truck. I don't have any car. Because you fucking stole it, man. So you should. So I haven't replaced like a, it. Like a vigilante Batman sort of situation. Yeah. Where you put on a costume at night and yeah. you follow tow trucks. What about that? How do you feel I would go with that? What do we mean? How would you. Like, how do you know, but how, if I. Like, because I'm. Don't get me wrong, there is part of me constantly that is only one step away from just going crazy and doing something like that. Sure. And it might not just be that. Like, the, the fantasies I have sometimes yeah. when I read about fucking property in France and I have these I suddenly have this image of this life where I live in this tiny town in fucking France in this house I bought that I could afford now like I could buy that house and I can just go and live in that village and get some job that I don't even have to be that good at because you know what I've already got a house in France Uh and I've already had a life yeah you know what I mean and you're the American or the sorry the Australian Australian. and they're like ah there he is how's your French coming along yeah right you know and and I can learn a bit of French and eat some food and just enjoy my life right I have that exact same fantasy Right? It's in Normandy, though, that is my... I don't care where it is. It's in France, in Normandy, France. But my point is that I literally, like, sometimes you just go, well, this is... Yeah. That's called pulling a geographic. (laughs) (laughs) And it's when you run away away and you think that everything will be better there, but you bring all your problems with you. Man. I'm sorry, I just ruined your fantasy. Well, I sometimes think about, like I say, if I was going to become a Batman vigilante, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it's just I'm just running away from anything but comedy. And for some weird reason that if I run away from comedy, I... Um, By the way, it's a metal... <laughs> it's a metal stool that he Metal bought. stool that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a wooden top, though. It's got a wooden top there. Is that wood? Well, I mean, it's woodish. Woodish. <laughs> <laughs> It's a thing that it's would, if you shown this to someone yeah. in the 1600s, exactly. they would be befuddled. It'd be, it's wood adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's inspired by wood. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I, um, I, 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 if I was a vigilante, like, I just don't know how good at it I would be. Like, that's, I just don't I know think, where to start uh, and I'll get I bored. I think I'd be tremendous. Do you? Yep. There's a lot of waiting around. Oh, yeah, but that's part of the fun. Really? Yeah. What are you doing you're, you're in that sit- downtime? What am I doing? I'm yeah. sitting in between the hedges. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. Staring and watching for the car to pull up with my bat. Because I have a bat. Yeah. That's my weapon of choice. Yeah, sure, that's fine. I, and mostly I... Say that's a good vigilante weapon. Right? And, and you just... And I just destroy knees. Right. Perfect. So the people... It's like you've got some ethics. Right? Yeah, so right. letting him live. People appreciate your professionalism. Even the people that you're dispensing the justice on sometimes, like the hardened ones, the ones who've been in the world, sure. who understand a little they bit, know. understand that it's like, well, you know what? This was coming my way. And I do it, and I do it with one word. Yeah. So they pull up, they get out of their car, right. out I come, hit their knees several times. Yeah. Screams. 30 seconds maybe enough to really destroy the knee. And then I lean down and I say the one word. Which, which is, in your case would be... Mustang. Right. And then off I go. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And right. then off I go. So he knows why it happened. Right. He knows what it is. Uh. And I'm gone. Right. 
You like that? And I think it's very, it's very, the waiting is very Buddhist. Right. The crime, the the actual action of the vigilantism is not as Buddhist. Right. But the waiting, it's like a meditation situation. And then you just kind of explode in that moment of rage. Yes. But you kind of, I guess it's like tantric. It's tantric. Because what you're doing is you're funneling. But when I guess, you say tantric, I think of Sting having sex. Yeah, but that's but he's only made you think of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, that's literally not what tantric is. Right. The word didn't come about because of Sting having sex. It existed. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Sting didn't start having really long sexual encounters, and then someone went, we got to have a name for that. Yeah, that's right. That's what Sting is doing. It's yeah, amazing. It needs to be named. I, uh, I, I would get bored with the waiting around. That's, this, this is my problem. I'm all about the baseball well, bat your, and the knees. You have your phone. Yeah, I know. The screen on dim. But I'll be, like, I'll be halfway through like a... What about... A, a, you made it weird and I'll get distracted. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you see the guy go into his house. Oh, shit, he pulled up and went into his house. I was just so engrossed with what Pete and Kumail were talking about. <laughs> um, do you uh, ever have fantasies about uh, stepping away from the, the game for good? Because I do think of comedy sometimes as there's part of me that you know, can see myself doing it forever. Like, literally just never, ever stopping doing it and being part of this right. amazing fucking club and world uh-huh. that it is. And that's what it feels like. I mean, you know, Seinfeld once said that, you know, it's like, like if you're a stand-up comedian, it's like having a secret handshake. Like, you know, there is a real respect. Yeah. And I've noticed it right around the world. And I mean, I don't mean individually, but I mean as a broad sort of church. Mm-hmm. And I know I feel it, and I've had it felt, mm-hmm. you know, towards me of... That if someone's a comedian and you know that they've like you know they've done stand up and they're in the world of comedy, there's a kind of like secret sort of like all right, well we, I know how hard it is to do what we what do, you've done, and yeah. you do it, yeah. Like and so. you know you find people respectful of the craft if not the individual person, yes. And so there's part of me that thinks, well, I, you know, I'd just love to be around that forever, you know, like that would be great. Yeah. You know, I always think comedy's like it's like being a fucking. I watch those poker movies like rounders and shit like that mm-hmm. and I always think that stand-up's a little bit like that because it's essentially just a fucking con game like you're essentially just going town to town looking for a, like you know you get to town and you're like yeah. where's there a room which is basically like where, where's, where's there a game where can I get up with some other guys who are probably the same guys that I run into in these fucking towns uh-huh. in these card games every yeah. fucking time yeah. and we'll try to con some people out of their fucking money and yeah. then we'll move on right and it's also the same thing when you see each other and you haven't seen each other in two years you literally just start like did you try at the hamburger place over there like yeah. you start talking like you saw each other yesterday it literally is this secret club where yeah. I was in uh, Ireland at the Kilkenny Festival having a, a chat with my a very good friend uh, Ian Stone and uh, someone else came over and joined the uh, conversation and we were just reminiscing you know reminiscing mm-hmm. and some they actually said oh when was the last time you saw each other and we did the maths in our head and it had been 11 years right but we were and just literally, are, but like, the conversation were, just continued. People who are outside of comedy, when they yeah. see that happen, they're like, what? Because I've, I've been with, like, girlfriends and stuff where that happens. A guy walks up, we bullshit for two yeah. minutes, and he walks away, and, like, do you know that guy? Yeah, I haven't seen him in, like, four years. Yeah. And, like, when you people are insane. Because <laughs> if you're though, on the right? outside looking at it, we look like crazy yeah. people. And, and it is a little crazy. Because you don't well, you do not do the, hey, I was having a kid, what's, what's going oh, on? Yeah. You just start talking. You just find a rhythm, and you yeah. jump on in, and it's yeah. fun, though. Like, it I mean, fun. I love being around it. Um, 
and but I don't want to be old and sad and terrible. So I mean, I guess the fear is is that. Oh, what's an example? I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if people in Australia even know who Robert Klein is. But I think some comedy fans would know, but I don't think that everyone would know. So no. Robert Klein was kind of a big comedian in, I guess, the seventies yeah. and early eighties, but he was never that good. And he put out, he did an HBO special, I want to say three or four years ago, that is one of the saddest, most embarrassing hours of comedy I've ever seen. Is that right? What just because he was out of touch? Did, he, he did like a rap. Like a white rap. Like, it's just so, like, he has no idea what comedy is anymore. Yeah, right. And it was not, it was just really horrible. And that's the guy you don't want to become. Right. But to become that guy, you have to stop going to clubs and the hip rooms. Like, Robin Williams is Yeah, but sometimes, you, sometimes you do want to stop going. <laughs> sometimes you're like, it's nighttime. I'm on the road all the time. Do I, I still have to go to cool clubs? Well, that's the thing is you don't... I think as you get older, you don't go on the road as much. Yeah. And then you, you can check out what's happening. On the other hand, like, I watch a lot of young comedians, and, and I don't relate or feel like there's anything there because they haven't lived a life where they're saying anything yet. So, it, it is a really weird thing. I used to read a lot of articles about uh, comedy, and they talk about that idea that you really kind of hit your straps as a comedian in your forties. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you look at the the, yeah, the the people they would talk about, it'd be your sort of you know your Cosby's and your Seinfelds your and you know all those people. Yeah. And like, I mean, even people like Letterman and those sort of like people, John Stewart, even like these yeah. are people who are in their forties when they found. Right, you know their group. What it right. is they done? That doesn't mean they hadn't done things before or right. been around or been on people's radars. But where they got into what they do. Yeah. And when you're a young comedian, like particularly back home, where I was like, well, I'm already doing stuff, right? Uh-huh. You, you kind of have that idea in your head of going, ah, fucking whatever, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Get a fucking hurry on, mate. You know. <laughs> 25, I've got my own show. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. But the truth of it is, like, you know, I, I and I really kind of understand it now, is that I just feel like I'm finding my voice and I just feel like I'm... Me too. ...coming into what I do. So I get Me it. Because I think in your 40s, you, you've been around long enough to actually have something interesting to talk about, there's but also, you haven't been around for too long. <laughs> do you think there's a... Sp- <laughs> there's just like a switch. For me, it felt like literally a switch where I went, oh, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to do this. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's literally just like, you're like, oh, God, why did I care about all that stuff? Just, I'm just going to do this. I just don't. Well, I think there's also a, a point where you just realize that no one's going to stop you from doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's that point where, like, uh, at, the, at the start, and particularly when I come over here, I say it a lot, because I do gigs, uh, you know, a lot of the time I'm here with, like, new faces, because to here I'm a new face, so right. you get booked on these shows. Right. Uh, but, like, the people who are on New Faces shows here are... 12. Yeah, right? They're kids. Yeah. You know, they're in their mid-20s. They've all done, like, two or three years of stand-up, and they're clearly... They're super excited. They're super excited to talk about it. They're super, like... Right? And they think, they're, they think that they're going to be huge. And they think they're changing the world. Yeah. And you know what? Some of them are probably going to be huge and change the world. Might, yeah. Like, there's, there was yeah. literally a couple of people I watched the other night who I was like, wow. Like... No, I know. I remember Mitch Hedberg, and when he was starting out, I was like, holy fuck. I mean, every once in a while a guy comes along and you're like, there's one. 
I saw like a, a kid and his name I, I want to give him credit uh, even though I'm going to massacre the thing that he talked about but I think his name was Will Weldon but it was something like that anyway yeah. but his whole opening bit for this thing which was essentially a TV audition uh-huh. was along the premise of you know when you say to someone who's going to commit suicide come on it's the easy way out that's the wrong advice because you know when you're at rock bottom what you're looking for is <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> That's, That's exactly, and it, I was just like, but also he opened with a suicide gag and a funny, like, you know, it was disrespectful, but it wasn't disrespect, like it was, yeah. you know, it was the right well, sort of joke. And I was like, you're really funny. Like, I'm sure that right. you'll, you know, you'll be great. And, but that's the kind of guy, like, usually you see someone try to make that joke and it's just shocking. But that's the kind of guy who has made a funny joke yeah. first. That joke just works. Subject matter is right? whatever, but it just works. And you know that that guy is a good writer because he's he's writing shit that he other people might be scared to go near or would just botch the only That's reason i really uh, mentioned this gig is that you know i was they were all sort of like mid to early 20s and i'm like in my late 30s but we're all in this room together you know doing this yeah. same show and even there i was like i was really aware of like wow like i'm a different a completely different generation to uh-huh. to these kids and so i sometimes think you know, in 20 years, another 20 years, you know, will I have, like, can I be here? Can, like, where am I going to be? And so in those moments, I think, well, if I'm not doing this, what am I doing? And that's the one. Do you ever have, like, proper just, like, fantasies of, like, well, if I'm not doing comedy, what am I doing? Uh, Do you have any other skills? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I mean, I write. Yeah, okay, but all right. No, but right, here's so what I'm saying. show business completely. Yeah, no, you're just, because you are so upset that you can't be part of the good bit of show business. Okay. Because in my scenario, this is what I am. Yeah. I'm either able to, like, you know, stay in the industry doing what it is that I want to do. Entertaining people. Entertaining people and hopefully, like, you know, Carlin-esque or whatever getting, I'm not saying in that league, but getting more interesting, you know, as you uh-huh. get older and finding ways to make... Right. That part of what you do and, yeah. you know, taking your audience with you. That's your ideal scenario, right? Yeah. The other one is I feel like I don't have anything relevant to say anymore and no right. one wants to hear it. Right. And so I decide I'm getting out of show business. Yeah. What do I do? Well, <laughs> I think... I think that- what do I do, Dave? This is the only reason <laughs> I brought up... I know you're married to a therapist and this is as close as I can get. Can you ask her at home? Can you bring the information back? Well, we've essentially made ourselves completely unskilled at anything else. Right. Like, we can't do anything else except for maybe physical labor. But unfortunately, we're also too old to get a job. No one's going to be like, hey, I need a 40-year-old guy to work in construction. And I don't, I, I don't have muscles. 20-year-old guy. Right. Yeah. So all that stuff. Like, Even I of the 40-year-old guys, we're I, not... If you've ever seen me try to hammer a nail into a board, it's... I mean, you can make a reality show yeah. out of just that. It's just ridiculous. I will fuck <laughs> it up over and over and over again. It's a good reality show. It is good. It's a really good... I'm a great... I'm great at pitching. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Dave Fucks It Up Again. <laughs> now the good thing is when it's in repeats no one's going to know what order no, it's no idea. even those little u-shaped yeah. ones i can't get so uh what do you do i don't i thought about this because like especially when like my career sort of fell apart and it was self-induced but it was also like show business it was mm-hmm. like we're good we've we've looked at you we're not interested yeah. 
you basically were like, well, I, I'm going to be over here. And they're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we know. No, guys, I'm leaving. Haven't you been yeah, there the yeah. whole time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been, no. I was at the party. Uh. Uh, so I was faced with that. Like, yeah. what, what do I do? And what do you do? Literally, I was like, there's nothing else I can do but try harder. Right, yeah. I mean, I do not have any other skills. What could you do? And I talked to my wife, and I, I've, I've always been interested in... Um, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Landscape, uh, you know, landscape, landscape architecture. Like, oh, I see? like the idea of landscape architecture. Okay. I like the idea of being involved in that. Yeah. So all I was thinking about, uh, there was a point where I was like, I sh- I'm going to go back to school. No. Yeah, for seven gonna, years. Uh, and I'm going to... Right. I'm going to get a fucking degree. <laughs> yeah. In something, and then yeah, I'll graduate, and, and all the plants will and be then dying. Then you'll die. <laughs> you'll die because <laughs> you'll, you'll be ninety, and you'll be dead. But the thing about that is, like, my wife went through school and got a, a PhD called a PsyD in psychology. So she has this enormous amount of student debt. Yeah. So then, what I would be doing is putting us in more debt. Yeah. And then it's just, and then you get a job and it's shared like, debt. Oh, though. look, it's twenty five thousand a year for your stupid landscape architecture job. <laughs> You but that like, was my that was yeah. my idea. So you were like, I should just get better at comedy. <laughs> yes. Hey, you want to start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Next call. It um, that is fascinating. You have a me. different situation though, because you've had more success, and you have a little bit more money stocked away, and you have a house, and like you've made it, you've made a better living than I have. So you could potentially live a little bit better. Than other people who would quit. Like most people quit because show business goes, all right. Yeah. It's not my issue. Yeah. Yeah. You, they get out first. Right. Uh, look, I understand. And there is part of me that, because like, I do think about that sometimes, which is that I, I like, I literally had a good career. Like if I'd stop now. If I'd stop now, you've if had a stop now career, yeah. like, you know, like I. Yeah, TV show. That was, yeah. It was uh, a big hit and I kind of like was. Tour, big Australian comedian. Yeah. I went Best around the world. Rules, I got to do things world. like you know, what I mean, like podcast. <laughs> I mean, that fell apart. Yeah. Though, but the other. Yeah, that was that when they're doing the beginning of the end. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and so I think that's why sometimes I do think clean break. I do think kind of just think uh, I'd rather almost leave it like people going, "Oh no, he did well," yeah. than be like you know the sad then, old then sort be, of then being to the, be fat Elvis. You know, I'm trying to think of comedians that that kept going. I mean, the thing the thing that happens is it isn't. Like it's not like you get bad and still stay out front in the public eye. Usually, they just fade away, and your audience gets older, and then they go to see you at casinos and yeah. stuff, or wherever else, wherever else you're performing, and they enjoy the shit out of you. Yeah. But you're just no and, longer and relevant. Then, then they die, and you die. <laughs> <laughs> the end. You become like the band warrant. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing hard rock. Whereas I, what I want to be is like the band Fish. You do? Are they still around? They don't. They just tour. They just stopped, right? Oh, did they, they still go again? I was going to say. I like those. Back there is a, there's something in those bands that get to a point where it's just the people who've already signed on. But the Grateful, all, the Grateful Dead, right? So I grew up with all the Grateful Dead kids because mm-hmm. in my high school, the band was from where I lived. Yep. And when you say all the Grateful Dead kids, you mean the children of, of the, the people in the Grateful members. Dead? Yeah. I'm and guessing a lot more kids than there was members of the. I mean, you hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at one point, I believe, if I recall correctly, they kind of didn't want to tour anymore. Yeah, right. 
but they were essentially an industry who employed like a hundred people. Right. They all lose their jobs if they did not to. Right. Right. So they were still touring. Yeah. Because they're a business. They had people who had families Worked. who relied on them. People had a mortgage because they were the blah 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 for the oh, Grateful Dead. Dead. Yeah. Isn't it had been for fifteen years. For forever. Or whatever. Like, it's the seventies. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, a major business shuts down, like the car industry or whatever, yeah. and they have to do one of those things of going, like, you know, gener- like there was probably generations yes. who'd worked for the dead. Yes. yes. <laughs> My daddy used to tie dye the shirts. <laughs> I, and then when he passed on, I started tie dye the shirts. <laughs> well, I know in uh, Venice, uh, like, you know, the big thing, because that's the weird thing about where you live. The most popular job in town isn't always the most popular job in town. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's not like we've all agreed. Like, in America, the most popular job in town is being a Hollywood movie actor, right? Sure. And a lot of the world goes, well, we like those people as well. But that's... America's decided the that's thing it. that you're going to value more than anything else is... Like, you know, you're, even your... Pretending to be somebody else. Right? <laughs> but would you say that? Is that, is that a fair characterization? Because even with sport and stuff, yeah. I think it's split enough that Hollywood is still your great... I think so. You think? But I would say that sports is pretty close, but I would say, uh, yeah, I would say, uh, I don't know. You know what? You know, you go out to the middle of the country, and they all want to be football players. Yeah, they all want to play ball. I, but they all watch I, movies still, right? They do watch movies. See, so I, I reckon with sport, it's more. It's it like you know, definitely there'd be people who think Kobe Bryant's a bigger star than blah blah blah. Right. But, but you know, there's basketball fans and there's football fans. Yeah, and there's so blah, blah, like you know, yeah. like and they'd all be fighting each other, right? Yeah, probably would. Yeah, but you know, you go to other countries, and it might be in Venice. It's like uh, the uh, the gondola, (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) what what just happened? (laughs) So in Venice, because the main industry of Venice has been fucking gondola driving for all the years. Are you being serious right now? Are you fucking (laughs) serious? (laughs) You are being serious. So, you're absolutely not fucking with me. I'm not fucking Because you're acting like you're being serious that everyone wants to push a boat. <laughs> with a stick. <laughs> Can't everybody just get a boat and a stick? Is it hard to get a boat and a stick? What about the fashion industry? I seem like they like that there. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> okay. So, uh-huh. traditionally, uh-huh. the main industry of the town was the the gondola rides, and you couldn't go anywhere but by gondola. Before, you know, the the speedboat and shit like that. Right. 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 But because of the prestige and because that was the town's most important business, yeah. it maintained this... You know how in London they have... Like a quality, a standard. Yeah. And you know in London they have the knowledge, which is their black cabs. They have to go... You have to go to university and learn yes. every street in, you know, yes. and you can't be a black cab driver unless you've done the knowledge. Right. So they had that sort of mystique around... Uh-huh. Out of necessity, I'm sure, because uh-huh. if your main industry of your town is people going around on gondolas, you've got to tell yeah. people, guess what's a really important job? Pushing people around on a boat yeah. with a stick, right? Yeah. 
we don't want to do it, so we're going to tell you your job is really important, right? Right. And we're going to put a mistake around it. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, make them something to be proud of, not third-class citizens uh, or pushers. whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, boat pusher. <laughs> <laughs> don't think of yourself as just a guy on a canoe with a stick. Yeah, I forgot to make stick. This, yeah. is, a pre- <laughs> this is a prestigious, <laughs> lifelong, passed down through generations. I don't want to push a boat! <laughs> That's why they're called gondolas and not boat pushers. Right? It's part of the fancy <laughs> mythology. I'm not a boat pusher! <laughs> I'm a gondolier, right? Uh, yeah. So, um... By the way, I do terrible accents. So it is... Yeah, no, we noticed. Yeah. So it, it, um, it became their... Uh, it's still a very prestigious job. Is Even it, though it, nobody these days, of course, wants to push a boat around no, because... But it's still... But is it, like... Well, people are pressured. Passed like, down from generation yes, kind of thing? Literally. Yeah. So you will often... Yeah, and even if it's not true, it's part of the shtick because that's what people want to hear. But like, so, it literally can be like third, fourth, fifth generation of people who've handed a stick down to their next generation and said, hey, you push that boat. So somewhere along the line, yeah. someone has made a movie, and in that movie, a 22-year-old kid has said to his dad, I want to paint. Yeah. I don't want to push the boat. That's right. And the dad has said, we have always pushed boats. That's right. We're boat pushers. We're boat pushers. Gondoliers. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that's happened more than once. I feel like that's a big issue that Venice is facing. (laughs) (laughs) They should do a movie, a traffic type movie, you know, the movie Traffic about the the drugs coming in, but it's just all the different hierarchies of boat pushing and all. It'd be a great place to make a movie. I saw Oliver Stone when we were in Venice because mm-hmm. um, we were staying on a uh, like a, in a hotel that was on the a floaty. A floaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in a floatel, uh, and uh, as they call them, uh, being pushed around by a guy with a stick. <laughs> For five generations, his family have been pushing around that hotel. hotel. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, the canal just happened to pass by. And I was out on the balcony, and uh, Amy was in the shower, and uh, Oliver Stone floated by on a gondola. gondola? And I said to her, I said, I'm pretty sure I just saw Oliver Stone Uh and a very busty blonde woman, but like mostly Oliver Stone, going by on a gondola. And she was like, no way, did you see that? And then it turned out the... The film festival's on in town. Oh, there you go. You did indeed see it done. But at the time, I wasn't sure that it was the case. But, yes. By a fifth-generation gondolier. (laughs) I wonder if if they're... uh, If they ever get stolen. The the gondolas? Yeah. Rebirthed? Like, I wonder if... There's there's someone in a lake in Michigan. I wonder... (laughs) There's a guy pushing a boat. (laughs) I wonder if... It's the boat, or if it's like a license that's more important. Oh, right. Yeah. I, like, I would assume not everyone can go out and just start pushing a boat, no. or else, I'm sorry, it would you be need chaos. To be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be a, a licensed gondolier. And I bet that license is passed on. Well, you know, they have like uh, police boats and ambulance boats and stuff. Well, the ambulance boat is, boat is horrible. <laughs> Just a, we got to get there. I'm pushing as hard as I can. <laughs> they do, though. You know, they, I mean, they're motorboats, but they... Uh, In my fantasy, they're not motorboats. <laughs> There's just a guy in back having a heart attack 
and a guy up front with the pushy stick. <laughs> and a guy back working on him. Come on, Jimmy! I'm moving the stick as quick as I can! <laughs> and he's a bit old. He should have retired by now, but his son didn't want to go into the business. <laughs> I blame this on my son, the painter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so there is part of me that thinks that, like, well, maybe I could just go and do something like push her. Like, like, you know, you You wouldn't be happy. But would I not be happy? Maybe I would be happy. I think sometimes, like, you know, because I've already got peace of mind. Have you ever have you ever worked? Uh, uh, like a job where you don't really have to think. <laughs> have you ever worked? Have you ever worked? I <laughs> oh, do. You mean, when was the last time I had a real job, like a like a job job? job? Uh, like back before I started doing comedy. So, okay, so I um, I was I was doing stand up, and then I decided I want to move to uh, New York City. So I got a job job to save up money to move to New York. Yeah. And I was a cl- I was an assistant claims adjuster. For a workman's compensation company, right? Uh, and and I moved back in with my mom to pay no rent to just save up money. Yeah. And there was an incredible simplicity to it. Yeah. That was very seductive. Yeah. Right. Because I had no. It wasn't like because when I when I like my wife will walk in the room and I'll just be sitting there, but I'm working because in my head. I'm thinking shit up. Yeah. Or I'm trying to work on something. But it looks like I'm just an idiot sitting in a room sitting. Yeah. When you have that kind of job, you are just sitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so there was an incredible simplicity to that life. And right. it is very seductive because it's 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 an easier life. It just is. Couldn't I just like go somewhere and work in a shop that I didn't care about? I don't know. And then just between nine and five, is it I would cheese? work in a shop. It's a cheese shop? It's a cheese shop in my fantasy. It was a cheese shop. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> it's weird that there was a cheese shop. We yeah. sold wine as well, though. Uh-huh. So I need to... There was a wine and cheese shop. <laughs> okay, fair enough. In France. Mm-hmm. And just, like, meet some hot French woman and, like... Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Now... No, now you've gotten a little like presumptuous. Why? Oh, no, you're right. Because you know what? If no one knows who I am, how am I going to get a hot French woman? That's right. And the French yeah. do not apparently really appreciate humor as much as... No, they don't appreciate Americans. I just learned the other night... That they Americans. Just, they don't like they Americans. Don't but I am the kind of American they like. Who hates America? Yeah. Americans. <laughs> I'm quiet yeah. and I just sit there and stare at people yeah. and yeah. I don't like America. That's right. You're very French. <laughs> You are extremely French in your loathing for most things American. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think that personally, I, w- I know I could move to a small town yeah. anywhere and just live there and be perfectly happy. I, I think if I live near the beach, I mean, I know they have to have some money to live near the beach, nice. but, but if I live near the beach somewhere, just in some coastal area. Well, I, I've just always been like, if there's water around, like a river I'm fine with, or yeah, I'm all good with that stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I find some water, and I live near the water. What if it's a sewage plant? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still happy? Let's start a podcast. Let's <laughs> start a podcast. So, I, uh... I don't know. So, so here's the thing. So the thing that drove you to do stand-up, yeah. it, I, I've always felt is 
there's a, there's an unhealthy part of me. I think enter, I think being an entertainer, there's an unhealthy part of you that wants to entertain and be accepted by masses. Yeah. So I think there's something. Well, off. no, of course, but well, that, that that makes complete sense. Yeah. Like I so, mean, it's one of those things where, and don't get me wrong, I love a bit of theatricality, but when you're seeing Tool and Maynard is not facing the audience because, like, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you're like, well, if you really didn't want the audience. Just stay home. <laughs> like, you didn't have to come. Like, you came out. You got here on time. Yeah. You're singing the song. Yeah. Like, spin it around. <laughs> <laughs> I get that's part of the theatre. But, the, but you know, the mythology behind that, I've always felt that sort of thing of going, like, I don't like stand-ups who complain about doing stand-up because yeah. I'm like, well, just don't do it. Right. It's my Stop it's, it. It's a, my same thing with guys who hate their wife. And I know that's like, I'm not a comedy police. I don't, I don't believe but, that. Because well, my think... thing is this. I, I, this is my thought. is always one of two things. It's either if you do hate your wife that much, leave her. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. We live in a world where you guys don't have to be together. You don't get shot anymore. If you don't hate her that much... If you actually like her, why would you say yeah. these horrible things in front of people it's really remarkable. about someone that you love? Yes. If you actually love them, yes. why are you saying these things? And if these things are actually true, either work them out or divorce. Yes. And talk about something else. It's my least uh, my least favorite brand of stand-up. The guy who talks shit about his wife. You know what? It, there's an exception to every rule. Like, I mean, I've seen a guy like Mike Wilmot who does that but with a wink and a, like uh-huh. you know a kind of kill and I love yeah. and I love watching his stuff because you know that the joke's him on him not on right. the it's not about his wife hating him and, and that, if it and is there's a little bit of Louis C.K. It's about, going yeah, on right? that yeah there's truth to it but, but, there, but there's a giant hacky version of it that's prevalent right and even so, the guy the, the fucking guy down at the hardware store makes that joke like that's the yeah I think you get into um comedy uh, for different reasons than you keep doing it you know and yes well I have I can't speak for everyone in my opinion because I got into it for all the reasons people would get into it which is that I thought it would be easy yeah fun and easy oh, you like did? you know well as in like an easy way to live my life I wouldn't have to go to an office I wouldn't have oh, to yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean easy as in the craft itself but no, I mean like the lifestyle like of, you're you're working an hour a day basically is what you think in your head I consider this work today even yes. now it's a part no, of but when you get into it you're like I'm you're like that's it. it I'll just sit right? I'll just walk around and think of jokes and then uh, and then I'll do the jokes and then I'll think I'm great there you go that's my life easiest <laughs> life ever and then so it gives me a TV show and then you never have to stop working ever ever again like because your brain is always working, yeah. Which I think is part of the fantasy. The yeah, you know, this fantasy that I have that I go away somewhere is that I can just turn my brain off and I can stop thinking about anything that, other that's than the thing. Like uh, as someone who who almost stepped out and told people I'm quitting stand up. Like I I quit. I basically said I can't. This isn't working. I'd be at the. I've had this conversation at the improv. It's just not. There's just no reason for to keep doing this. Show business has said no. Yep. No one is paying attention. I can't get sets anywhere. I'm not doing stand-up anymore, so I'm just quitting. Podcasting came along and changed that. I think without podcasting, I would not be doing stand-up. But even though I said that and I didn't do stand-up for maybe two years, I still wanted to do stand-up. And I still like it better than anything else. See, I think, yeah. I, I, I imagine if I stepped away... 
that I'm really thinking about stepping away. But you know, you have these fantasies, like of just those moments where uh-huh. you're like, I could just step away. I just step away. I could just away, step away. I could, I could little, just go away. Little little house on a beach. Yeah. And then you realize that you'd be like Lance Armstrong where you come back a few years later, ruin your whole <laughs> career. I was like, you're on drugs the whole time you're doing comedy. I was like, yes. I talked about it. How did you not see the evidence? I mentioned it. It was part of my material. Wouldn't the difference be like, if they came up with like a like a brain steroid that you could take different kinds of? One would make you smarter mathematically. One would make you funnier, and you took that. Oh yeah. And then you came back, and you're like, look how funny I look am. Look how funny I am now. Yeah. Or they went back and uh, went through all my old stuff and uh, worked out that when I said I was on drugs, I actually wasn't. Oh. I've been lying about it. It had been methodical. That One of the most methodical horrible. cover-ups in the history of comedy. Horrible. Lie that he was. I was trapped in a lie from the start. I've, I've Once saw, I do the jokes, I was out with him, and I would have sworn to you that he was high out of his Everyone mind. Everyone was doing he drug was jokes at the lie. time. Everybody was doing them. I just thought that's what I had to do to fit in to compete at that level. I mean, if other people are doing drug jokes, then I had to do drug jokes. Yeah. I just thought I could hide that I wasn't on drugs, no. man. You it's know what I mean? Cool. Those people were on drugs. People trusted me. They, they trusted me that I was on drugs. People did drugs because of me. Because of me. Yeah. But I, when I heard those stories, Dave, they felt like legitimate stories to me. I felt like I'd. Infl- they still had those experiences, yeah, yeah. thinking that I had. In- you know what I mean? It's upsetting. Those good times they had on drugs, they don't go away just because I hadn't done drugs I, myself. I, I, no, but they're tainted, aren't they? Are A they? A little bit. How many? Who believes? Like is now now it seems like maybe everyone wasn't doing drugs. Well, here's the you, thing: you destroyed a lot of young boys' dreams that everyone was on drugs. There were other people pretending to be on drugs as well. I can't, now, I don't want to I don't want to name names, but now I don't I don't now I, this is where I'm. There were other people. This there were where, other people. You know when you're standing. I felt like you ever feel like you're standing somewhere and just the floor just gives way, like everything you believed. I looked up the word cheater on Wikipedia. You had to look it up on Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> not, Lance Armstrong literally said that in his interview. No, he didn't. Yeah. He Did went he? In, yeah. He said, I looked up the word cheater. I don't know if he said it on Wikipedia, but he said he looked up the word cheater. And there was a definition. <laughs> and he said, and there was a picture of me. <laughs> thought, Hang on, Lance. And there is a picture of me doing steroids. He, no, he literally did the most, like, it, it was like, you know when the only time you ever hear someone say they looked up the definition on something is in high school debating? Yeah. Like, you know, like in high school debating, it's always, I looked up the definition of environment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wonder how much media training he went through before that interview. Um, I mean, it would have been extensive. He had uh, the guy who handled Monica Lewinsky. Really? Yeah, Bill Clinton. Why are we retiring when I've got gold like that? Cigar! The guy who did her PR and media strategy did Lance Armstrong's, and he was clearly highly media trained. But the weird thing is, he's not ready to say... Like he's a psychopath, yeah, so he's he not. Said he, it's like he gave a half, a half yes, right? Well, he still believes. There's still a part of him that believes. Well, everyone was doing it. What did I do wrong? Right? Like, that I that I agree with. Yeah, like we discussed. I know that you, but 
There's definitely, so when he said, I looked up the word cheat in the dictionary and it said to get like, you know, uh, added advantage, yeah. through, like by, that, that isn't, and he goes, well, I looked around and I thought I wasn't getting an advantage and like gave over the whole, I looked up the definition, I didn't think I was getting an advantage because everyone was on drugs, so I didn't think I'm technically a cheat. And I was like, this is some fucking high school debating shit that I would have been Ooh. leaving out of this. Yeah, like, you know, like That's like... <clears throat> That's, this isn't a court of law. Are you sure that wasn't... He wouldn't be like, I'm so, I'm so biggie. That's like what Kling said. Right? He said, I, I, I had sex with a woman, but I didn't right. have sex with that woman kind of thing. Right. Like, um... Just depends what you mean by sexual relations. Yeah. Well... It de- no, it depends what you mean by it. Isn't that what uh, it, That's right, yeah. Depends how you define it. Yeah. And everyone. Right. I remember the first, when he said that, everyone, a lot of people in America went... Oh God, he's so fucking smart. I don't know what to do. He's actually really smart. God, part of it was like, part of it was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Other part of it was like, fuck, he's really smart. I mean, good on him. (laughs) (laughs) You can see how he can talk a woman into letting a cigar be put. I mean, how I know, like, let's not go over that one more time, like fucking. But how do you convince? You have to be really. I'm, I'm not even sure. I there's so many things I couldn't convince a woman of. I, I don't even know how I'd be brave enough to put a tobacco product in your vagina. Like you've seen the ads. <laughs> you see what it does to your lungs. I mean, it really is bad for your vagina. It is bad for your Super vagina. Bad. And they say that in the ads now. Yeah. Don't put this in your vagina. The amount of times I have been with a girl and she has had a nicotine patch over her vagina. It's <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, I need to because we're coming to the end of our second podcast. Um, I need to explain what's going on with oh, this podcast because yeah, right. yeah. we haven't done that. Um, Charlie has left us. God damn it. He, he's on Home and Away, uh, and, uh, which is a popular Australian. Uh, 25 years it's celebrating. Jesus. Home man. and Away. 25 years. Show. 7 o'clock every night. So it's your law and order. Uh, it's on every night. It's uh, So five nights a week. And it's like a... Oh, it's a soap. And it's a teenage soap. Uh-huh. Well, mostly teenage. But it's been set in this place called Summer Bay. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Charlie walking around with his shirt off? Uh, I'm imagining there'll be some shirt off. There's a lot of shirt off in the show. And uh, he plays a prison counsellor. Which, considering the, the amount of times that we talked about prison sex... Did you say prison counsellor? Yeah. Okay. I thought that's what you said. <laughs> he plays a <the> prison counsellor. <laughs> So, uh, oh, so this is. So does he ever so talk is, about how they fuck using mattresses? Yeah, and I, <laughs> <laughs> he's just done some good background. I um, well, this is what I was going to tell you. So the Australian Open tennis is on uh, at the moment, uh-huh. and uh, the ads for the advertisements, the commercials for Home and Away have been playing oh, yeah. during the tennis. So Is Charlie on them? So it's Charlie's on the ad. So ah. everyone started to pop up. So I don't think the show's back on yet. It might be by the time this is on air. But yeah. uh, uh, I started getting all the emails and people yeah. were just like, oh, there's a new face in Summer Bay. <laughs> so uh, uh, that is why he's not here. But uh, we are going to continue to do the... Uh, the 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 uh, podcast is uh, Fofop, which is uh, every week is a different guest, <laughs> a different guest in filling Charlie's in for Charlie shoes until Charlie can come back. Uh, so that's kind of the idea of it. Um, uh, Fofop, we were calling it just because in the original episodes, uh, just before we finished, we were joking around about the TV show Fringe. I don't know if you ever saw that show, Dave. I heard you were talking about, it. but um, yeah, but there's you, like you guys talking about it made me want to watch it. There's alternate realities, right? right? And in the other reality, they nickname Olivia Faux Olivia, and so we were saying there was some reality where there was like faux fop, 
where like Charlie was really successful and he yeah. couldn't do the podcast anymore, and then Charlie got really successful and couldn't do the podcast. Anymore. <laughs> so we're going to do faux five until he can come back. Um, but some people online, uh, people are always much more clever than yeah. than you are. Uh, I said uh, it also stands very well for a 15-odd foot of uh, pod. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you guys are heaps cleverer than I am. That's, that, that made the name cleverer. So now I'm going to uh, pretend I'd thought of that first, yeah, 15 which I hadn't. Yeah. Uh, David. Are you going to um, make faux fop T-shirts? I don't know what we're going to do, Re. Um, Charlie did merch. We did merch. Yeah. Uh, it was our first time at the merch table. It, it uh, didn't go great because then you guys canceled the podcast. Well, the, the podcast got canceled before the merch. <laughs> <laughs> like literally before the merch got up. Uh, then we had a limited run of posters and T-shirts, uh, which sold out. Thank you to everyone who eventually got yeah. those. Uh, but the way that that worked was Charlie did some you know deal with some T-shirt company right. and ordered that many. Right. And then got the posters. And he sent it all out and did all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he'd left the podcast, so he yeah. did all that, and then he told me that that was really hard and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, doing. So I'm not sure that we're going to do that. Doing anymore. merch is pretty annoying, but the thing is, is to get a guy to do it. Like we have a guy that basically lives in Greg's garage now. I know. I'm yeah. thinking about talking does to Greg sh- about getting your guy to do sure. our stuff. We could. I'm sure he could do it here in America. Yeah. So sending it to Australia is a different story. We're going to do nice. something. It'd be weird if you if you had your people in Australia pay an international fee to get their faux fop t-shirts. It would be weird. <laughs> but if it's a choice between that and no t-shirts, yeah. that is a choice that they might right. have to make. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this. Is this going to be a weekly podcast? don't know yet. Oh, I, I was going to mention this to you that um, I brought in a, a, a fortune cookie. I had Chinese oh, yeah. for lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, uh, you will be fortunate if you accept the next proposition you hear. So I don't know if I've missed whatever, if I accepted it or not, but uh, that was my... It seems a bit like a con man. Yeah, that's sort of, weird. Sounds like then, next then... some guy from the restaurant's going to come by and go... <laughs> 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 Buy these mints, $50. Ah, damn you. Uh, what I was going to say was uh, that um, we've already recorded a couple of bonus episodes because uh, we were going to record with Justin and we couldn't get it going. So Justin, yeah. uh, on his uh, little tiny microphone, recorded uh, Limo and myself and Justin mm-hmm. trying to record a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so that will be a bonus episode. And we also have... A, an extravaganza where Justin and I talk about uh, the Dark Knight Rises Ooh, uh, really? for about two and a half hours. So uh, I think early on... That almost feels like cheating because Charlie didn't like it. That's why we talked about it. <laughs> Fuck, man. So glad the podcast ended. It would have to end anyway. If he had come back and tried to fucking talk about some of those fucking idiotic ideas he has about that movie. Like, seriously, man, it nearly the, killed the me. The emo thing. It nearly killed like... me. He said he didn't want to see an emo Batman. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously, man. That fucking movie is our Yoko Ono. Like, it's fucking... Well, I, I love you, Charlie, well, I but I did choose between you and Batman, and I well, chose Batman. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Justin and I uh, uh, talk about that, so uh, I'll put some of those up as bonus episodes uh, early on. So, you know, I reckon, look... I'd like it to be more regular than once a week. 
But considering More that I've been than once a week, yeah. But considering I've been twice a week, maybe. No, here's what I would like: once a week with some bonus episodes thrown in. Yeah, okay. That's what I would yeah. like because that's what I would like from from the podcast. I like mm-hmm. like the ones I listen to regularly. Well, yeah. Like there'll be times where like one a week is definitely enough. You know, you, you only have time to get to that. Yeah. But then there's some other weeks where you're like, I, I wish they'd done a long episode, or I wish there was an extra thing, or yeah. like whatever. Yeah, I feel like that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, so we'll do a bit of that, I reckon. But that, that said, it's taken me five months to record one. So, <laughs> I wonder. I wish. I, where's my phone? I wish I could look up when I started getting texts from you about Man. how to operate the machinery. You've given me so much ago. like good stuff, and I haven't managed to make it any of it work. But anyway, uh, David, um, uh, what can we tell people about? You have your own podcast. It's called uh, Walking the Room. Walking the Room. Uh, and and your album is going to be out at some stage that people will be can out buy. Shame Chamber. Shame uh, Chamber. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like uh, that. That's good. That'll be out soon, and I'll have T-shirts and all that good stuff. All right. Good. I don't really have much else going on. I'm working currently on Talking Dead, and I wish I wasn't. <laughs> is that something we should be talking about, or should we leave that? <laughs> no, no one's going to. I'm just at the point now where I I just want to do stand up and. And act in commercials, which is I consider a day job. Yeah, of course. And have that in my life because going to work every day is really not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's like it goes back to the thing though of like being in an office, right? It's different though. It's because writing isn't the same thing as just going in and yeah. doing a job. But it's still, but it's more. still there is still like you have to go to an office. It's still not like in a, because you're not at home by yourself. When I was a bank teller, I would sit there and just think up jokes and stand up all day. Yeah. Like when you're doing a job that you don't have to think up written stuff, then you can actually write while you're there. Oh, man. I get it. Like, I mean, when I first started doing my TV show, the production company thought I was a meth because I would come into these, like, meetings and, like, halfway through them, I would be so fucking bored. (laughs) And I would be jiggling around and I'd be checking my shit and I'd be, like, moving uncomfortably. And and they, like, literally at the start were like, are you? You okay? And then they just realised that it was like, I was just getting so bored and so, like, trapped in... Because when I'm working or whatever, I would just wander off and talk to the cats or, Uh like, get a drink or get distracted by something. Or sometimes, as you would know from writing, sometimes you'll sit at the desk and then you need to go out and just sweep up leaves for it to fall into your head in the right way. Like, you know. It is a bit hard to sometimes convince people that's working. Uh, I have some uh, shows uh, before I quit comedy to work in a cheese shop in France. In Melbourne, Dave, I'm playing um, the biggest venue I've ever played. It's my 18th year. Who, who was there last year? That was, um, what's his name? Uh, the how, Who was in that theatre last year? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know. You might not have the same theatre. I'm thinking of I'm, a different theatre. You might be thinking of a different theatre. Oh, yeah. I'm playing a place called the Princess Theatre. And it's... Um, it's up the uh, top end of town near Parliament House in Melbourne. And, no, uh, I'm thinking of the same thing. Is it somewhere? Yeah, oh, it, was okay. one of, it was one of those... I can't remember the guy's name. It's a comedian I've never actually seen, but everyone's like, he's fucking brilliant. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You do like a two-hour show. Ross Noble? No. Mm, okay. Yeah, we came close. Anyway, we had a go. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a big run. So if there's anyone in Melbourne who wants to come and see me, please come to that. That'd be cool. And then hopefully me and Greg will be back with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying to make some plans. Yeah. We're trying to make some plans for a podcast tour, yeah. maybe a podcast festival of some kind. Yeah. Hopefully something. 
Oh yeah, we have a podcast festival here. Oh yeah, October, well, tell people. October fourth. We have uh, uh, good international listeners to this. I feel like we've just stopped trying here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should. It's got quite dark in the hotel room, like yeah, in the yeah, last, yeah, yeah, like in the last few minutes, and yeah. it really does look like. Oh, we're still doing this? <laughs> it's like someone is fading the lights yeah. in the corner. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Wrap it up. Come on. Uh, uh, so the LA Podcast Festival, yeah, second October year, second big year, yeah. October 4th. 4 through 6, yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll have all, you know, as many big names as we can get there. And it'll be, it's just fun. It's just a fun thing. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being part of this. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Maybe I'll, I'll be invited back. <laughs>